You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. What a wild weekend, or long weekend, I guess it was, in the NFL. Uh, We started off on Christmas Day. The Saints, Alvin Kamara, just lost his mind. Saturday night, Fitz Magic. I guess the football gods kind of even the score with the the Raiders from the Jets game. And, And then... Sunday, there was a lot of good games and whatever. And before, I'm going to bring in my uh, my partner on this one right away. Let's start with the Jets, Lou. So I want to start with oh, the Jets, yeah. but then okay, I'll, yeah. I'll get to the Browns. You know, I'm yeah, completely for, I completely forgot the Jets. Yes, two in a row. Two in a row. Can you imagine that? I mean, it looked like it was going to be an 0-16 season. All of a sudden, uh, the Jets are showing life. And there's some wild people out there on Twitter that are saying Adam Gase deserves to to come back in 2021. But I'll give you this. The Jets have won two games straight, and they beat two playoff teams. We're assuming they're going to be playoff teams. They beat the Los Angeles Rams, and they beat the Cleveland Browns. Sam Darnold is a gamer. I mean, he just he never quits. He plays his, with his heart out. But what I've noticed with the Jets is their offensive line has played better. They've found glimpses of a running game, and their defense has been on fire ever since they they fired defensive coordinator Greg Williams. So I'm going to give them credit on this. I'm not going to say bring Adam Gase back. Obviously, he's a goner, and I'm sure Sam Darnold is, is going to be gone as well. But I'm glad that the Jets are fighting for their life, and I'm glad that these... Uh, players who are in the New York Jets team, they're not giving up. They're just continuing to grind it. They're continuing to get better. And some teams are packing it in. But the New York Jets have found new life in December. And according to Bovada Sportsbook, uh, the Jets are going to play against the Patriots in Week 17. And New England is minus three in this game. It's amazing to say this when Patriots are only favored by three against the New York Jets. Yeah, that's an automatic double digits under normal circumstances, but obviously we're not. The Patriots obviously are spiraling downward and you know maybe things turn around next year. But yeah, you got to, I mean, Gaze isn't going to come back, but I guess you have to give it to him a little bit for keeping this team together and playing hard. I mean, seriously, I mean, they, they could have, this could have been their third win. I mean, if not for Greg Williams calling the zero blitz in the last play of the game. Now, you don't know what's going to happen if they would have just sat back. I mean, odds are, you know, they still, they would have won that game. So, okay, legitimately three wins here in, you know, in the last four or five games. So, uh, yeah, you got to give it, give it to them for that. Seriously, Baker Mayfield, 53 passes in a game where all their wide receivers are out. Uh, they're using their tight ends a little bit more. You would think Kareem Hunt would be kind of like a slot guy with Chubb on the field. And it just seemed like they're like, okay, Baker, let's go back to the way we were when we were losing all those games. Go ahead. Chuck it 50 times. I, I don't get it. What? Yeah, they were they were down two starting offensive linemen. 
they were down they were down four wide receivers in this game their main wide receivers in this game including you know, Jarvis Landry as well so yeah it was it was a strange sequence of events by that coaching staff I don't know what Stefanski was thinking I guess he was trying to pull an element of surprise the Jets wouldn't think that we would throw it 50 times a game why not try it I realized that the Jets secondary isn't the best and yeah, you try to exploit those weaknesses but I was looking for Baker Mayfield to prove us wrong. You and I have talked about this over the past month. I mean, what we think of Baker, we think he's a game manager. He's not the type of guy that's going to lead this team to the promised land, to the Super Bowl all by himself. He needs good receivers. He needs a strong running game. And therefore, he would be more effective on those play action passes. But he basically showed us that he is a game manager, that when the chips are down, and you have a chance to lead your team to a come-from-behind victory. And it's not like they were playing against the Steelers. It's not like they were playing against the Ravens. It's the New York Jets, for God's sake, that they were playing against. He got them into the red zone at the end of the game. He was in position for that game-tying touchdown. But the Browns fell short. He coughed up the ball in the red zone on that fourth down play. And overall... He had three fumbles, and two of them he lost. It's inexcusable in the most important game of the season when basically it's already been decided that the Browns are going to be in the playoffs. All of a sudden, Baker Mayfield shows who he truly is. Well, and I don't think anybody you know, thought any different at, you know, at that point. You know, we didn't come up with any great revelation to the league. And just it just astounds me, the play calling by Stefanski. Yeah, I mean, normally you're good on a, on a quarterback sneak at that point. But again, you got Nick Chubb. I mean, I don't know how, if people really know how good this kid is. I mean, I, maybe I just have a personal affinity for him. But I just think he's one of the top three or four backs in the league. It just, I, I, I don't get it. We kind of likened this situation to, uh, uh, I don't know if it was past show or maybe two, two shows ago, uh, Trubisky and Chicago. Bill Lazor took over the, the play calling. and So I guess you got to give Matt Nagy uh, a little credit there for kind of humbling himself and letting somebody else kind of take the reins. And it seems like since then, he's putting Trubisky in positions for him to succeed and not asking him to do things that... You know, they're asking Mahomes to do in that offense or the things that they were asking Wentz to do in the offense in Philadelphia, which supposedly are, you know, similarly built. But the point is, is that once they start playing to Mitchell's strengths, they started scoring points and winning. Once they started playing to Baker's strengths and not asking him to do things that he's not really capable of doing, they were winning. Yeah, this was just an odd circumstance, a weird game to decide, hey, let's experiment a little bit here. Yeah, they get two bites at the apple, so to speak, but you know, it is the Steelers this week, so they have to win that game pretty much, uh, or they need all sorts of help. It's going to be a tough task this week because even though we're assuming that Big Ben isn't going to play and that the Steelers are going to rust up some right. of their main guys. But still, I mean, we don't know if the Browns will have those wide receivers back. You need to rely on what has gotten you here. You've won 10 games. You've won 10 games because you've been running the ball effectively. Because you've been able to open up holes with that offensive line. You've got two very good backs 
and that's what you got to do. There, there's, there can't be any element of surprise. You have to run the ball down Steelers' throat. It's not going to be the easiest thing to do, but the thing is, that's what has gotten you here, and if the Browns want to end this 17-year playoff drought, that's what they've got to do. What could be an, an interesting meeting is if uh, Mason Rudolph goes back to pass and there's a quarterback hit by uh, number 95 in the, in the Browns' uh, defensive line. What, the, what, what kind of conversation is that going to be like? I think they'll just be cussing at each other. <laughs> I, I think the cameras will. I think the cameras will will catch that this time, just because they're not going to be as many fans in the just stands. Just a little extra spice, kind of a re- return to the scene of the crime. I hope both guys keep their heads and uh, they just uh, go about their business. But yeah, it should it should be interesting, nonetheless. Lou, uh, who do you have in the in the AFC South? This is a division that we believed was going to come down to the wire most likely to week 17, and that's what it has been. Who are you taking? We I saw the Titans the, get killed. Yeah, I, mean, I thought enough the of them to pick them against the Packers, right? So I think you know which way I'm leaning. And I also had, had uh, picked Indianapolis, and you know, obviously Tennessee was never really in that game, but the Colts had a big lead and, and gave it up against Pittsburgh. So I don't know if either team really wants to win it. It looks like both are set up to win this week. If Indianapolis beats Jacksonville, which they probably will, they're a 14-point favorite, according to Bovada. They're like a 14-point favorite at home against the the Jags. They should win that game, but they're going to need some help. They're going to need either Baltimore, Cleveland, or Miami to lose. So I'm going to stick with Tennessee. I really think Tennessee overall has a better team the Colts, I, I think they're kind of limited. With, I mean, Rivers, and you're seeing that, and the Steelers kind of exploited that finally in the second half. Not exactly sure what happened in that game. I, I don't know what the Steelers took at halftime or after the, you know getting stopped on the goal line at the beginning of the second half, but like since that point, it was like a whole different team on both sides of the ball. But I guess to answer your question, I'm going to stick with Tennessee. Uh, they're at Houston, should win that game, and but Indianapolis would need a lot of help. So I'm going to stick with Tennessee. So if the Colts get in as a wild card team, but they need help as well, who is going to be out then? Do you have the Ravens, the Browns? Well, or Miami. The I would think Miami probably has the toughest road because Buffalo. I guess Buffalo doesn't necessarily have to win, but if they win, they lock up the number two seed. And I think just the way they're wired, they're going to try to win that game. So I think Miami's the team that really is kind of in a in a tough spot. They they really are because you know going into Buffalo late in the year. I mean, just the way the Bills are playing right now, and I and it's not so much how many points they're scoring. It's just the whole demeanor of the team and just the determination you see on from the sideline to on the field, whether it's offense, defense, special teams. They just seem like a team that's peaking at the right time. So uh, it's going to be awfully hard for Miami to go in there and beat them. So Cleveland could lose too. And then you're looking at all sorts of tiebreakers, and I, didn't, I really haven't looked that deep into it. So uh, let's just go with, with that and, and say that uh, Indianapolis gets in, Miami's out. Well, Bovada has the Bills as a, a four-and-a-half-point favorite at God, home that versus low. the Dolphins. 
But you know what I'm wondering? I was going to ask you this. Why is Flores being so stubborn? You talked about in the beginning of the show Fitzmagic. I mean, he's like a relief pitcher. He's like a Mariano Rivera. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got the best closer in football who's willing to come in there in the fourth quarter when the team needs him the most, and he just he rescues them. I mean, he always finds an opportunity. The Raiders wanted to run out the clock right? They kick a field goal. You have a little bit of time left, and a lot of people are blaming John Gruden. That's what I would have done as well, by the way. I, I wouldn't think that Fitzmagic would, would drive the, the Dolphins down the field to, to set up that game-winning field goal. So that was the right play for John Gruden. But what the hell is going on with Flores? So Tua didn't look great at all for three and a half quarters against the lonely, the bad Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, the I've talked about this to death. The Raiders stink on defense, all right? They stink. And then Fitzmagic comes in, and he gets them that win. Why not start Fitzpatrick instead of Tua in the most important game of the season? You're right. He is more like a relief pitcher, and you're not. Mariano Rivera was never going to be a great starter, right? Now, I I know two different sports, two totally different things, but I guess you probably see my point is that Fitzmagic, he can come in and do things, and I think it seems like in spurts, because he could have easily thrown like three or four picks based on just the way he was slinging the ball. But like you said, it was the Raiders, and they're not very good on defense, and some of those passes made it through. And again, he really didn't drop. I mean, now again, he did get them in position, but again, at the end, it was more the Raiders just, again, going to sleep in the cover two and the corner just lets the guy run by him when he knows that the only way they're going to get beat is if they hit a long pass you know on top of that almost take his head off so that was another 15 yards thrown onto that so with 19 seconds yeah gruden i think reasonably is thinking there's no way they're going to get it down there in 19 seconds but but to answer Still. answer your question i think he feels like if they need a spark he likes to have Fitzpatrick as kind of in his ace in the hole that he can bring in. If he starts him, I don't know that you can bring Tua in and do the same thing. Again, and then you, I guess you look further back, he kind of was that guy at Alabama when he burst onto the scene. But, exactly. it, but it was only like a one-time thing. You know, once he came in that championship game, that was pretty much his team moving forward, and that was it. But Fitzpatrick's been around so long, he's kind of the wily old veteran, and he he's, seems to be okay with this. Tua seems to be okay with this, which kind of baffles my mind. Again, in Flores' defense, I think that's the one thing, is one, he can provide the spark if you need it. But the other part is, you drafted this guy in the top five. We got to see, is he going to be our guy? He has to go through these growing pains but he's also managing a playoff position. So this is my problem. I Lou. see this your is point, but Fitzmagic has never been consistent enough to say, okay, he's going to be the, he's going to be able to do this every week consistently. If the Dolphins weren't chasing a playoff spot, no problem. Tua can start. But this is the most important game in Dolphins franchise history in the past decade. Lou, that's my problem. Fitzmagic has been in these positions before. He's been through the grind, all right? He's not going uh, to be playing in Buffalo. 
I'm not sure Tua is ready for this. He's still a rookie. Right. It doesn't matter how talented he oh, is. Oh, no, whether absolutely. I agree with him. He showed that at Alabama. I get it. I mean, he came in as a freshman. He he put in that performance. He was that closer who was able to win the game against, uh, you know, in the, in the BCS championship game, the biggest game of his career at that point. But the thing is, he's a rookie. He's not ready for this. We've seen him struggle. He has been up and down. I want to see, like, will he be able to bounce back from it? It's too much of a risk for me. Let's just say this. If I'm the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, there's no way Tua starts on Sunday. All right? Fitzpatrick would have been getting the nod from day one because... He needs to be in there. He saved my season. He's won games for me, and I can trust him a little bit more than Tua. I don't know how Tua will respond against the Buffalo Bills, whether they play Josh Allen or they don't. You're going to have to score some points against the Buffalo team. And and you've mentioned they've played great defense here lately. This is a different team. It's not only Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs. I mean, this team is peaking right now. I'm not sure Tua is, is ready to to step up and handle his business in week 17. Again, I guess as far as Flores is concerned, he's it seems like he's been pushing all the right buttons. So I think he has an idea of what his team is, and I think that's when he made the move to Tua. He was looking at his teams like, okay, we play really good defense. We are exceptional on special teams. Offensively, eh, you know, if we don't if we don't screw it up, if we don't turn it over, if we just play solid, punting on fourth down isn't always a bad thing. Let's see let's see how this goes. And in the meantime, we're also giving this kid experience and seeing, you know, what we have. In the back of their minds now, they're looking at the third pick in the draft coming up. There may be a quarterback sitting there. Do they pull in Arizona if they if they like whoever there is at third, whether it's Zach Wilson or Trey Lance? Or, That's you know, off or the Fields. table right now, Lou. You're chasing a playoff spot. I understand. This isn't about uh, drafting a quarterback. I understand, third but they but here I think that also went into the thought process because I still believe that half that building wanted to take Herbert, right? And the other half, we, we know, don't know that. Somehow, we don't know that. It really seems like they did. They were kind of torn. It seems like the coaching staff probably pulled for Tua. Yes. It seems like they have gone for him because, yes. I mean, we see what the, the trust that they have in him by inserting him in there, right? Giving that team a some spark, you know, off the bench. He became the starter after the bye week. And then all of a sudden, I mean, the coaching staff just continues to insert Tua in there, knowing that he he was struggling last game. I mean, what did he throw for? Like nine, 95 yards in yes, that game? Yes, his yards they, per attempt is really low. If you look at how the Miami Dolphins are playing when Tua is in there, it's all underneath throws. I mean, it's to the first read. It's to the running back. It's to the first receiver. I mean, you're almost like limiting your offense and what you can do with him because you're not opening up the playbook. Once Fitzpatrick gets in there, it seems like Chan Gailey's able to open up the playbook. Well, doesn't your offense become more lethal? Well, his number, his number one, that? his number one receiver or one of the receivers is a former college running back quarterback from Kentucky and Lynn Bowden. 
you know, Mac Collins, you know, he hasn't really had, you know, his full complement of receivers either. Now, I don't know if that makes a difference as far as why he's not throwing the ball down the field a little bit more, but I'm sure in, it, as far as them watching and so forth, Fitzpatrick is going to give the ball up a lot more. So I think maybe that was the idea with have Tua in there. If we need to get into a little bit of a shootout as the game progresses, we can make that move. If we don't, we leave the kid in there, and he continues to get experience. And I, I get it. It is a playoff spot. They're not easy to get. This is the situation they're in. I'm sure they drafted him thinking he was going to be their guy, so they got to let him play. Brian Flores is my coach of the year. I just want to make it clear. I've been campaigning for him <laughs> but you for completely the last couple of months. But I completely disagree with this take. I mean, this is insane. It's insane. I mean, to, to put, and I hope Tua throws for 400 yards against the Buffalo Bills, against a very talented secondary. He won't. I hope they he don't does. Have the, they don't have the receiving core for him to do that right now. They just really don't. Devontae Park, when's the last time he played? Preston Williams, you haven't seen him. I mean, it's 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 hard. I mean, look at with Baker. You took away his receivers, and basically it's the same conversation. So they're doing the best with what they have. They got lucky in that game. They're in position to make the playoffs. Let's see what happens in Buffalo. I don't think they're going to win no matter who they start, but who knows? They may. All right, let's move on to the NFC part of it. You've heard our take on what we think happens in the AFC. We, we believe that the Dolphins have a, a tall order ahead. Let's talk about this NFC East or NFC Least, the way we've called it uh, over the past few months uh, of this season. Does anybody want to win this division? I mean, no. it's like, I, I, I'm just curious. Does anybody want to like pull ahead? It looked like the Dallas Cowboys were just dead. They were left at the altar somewhere. I mean, they just... They were completely out of it. All of a sudden, Zeke has a pretty good game. Andy Dalton is looking like Dak Prescott throwing to those wide receivers. The wide receivers, <laughs> the, the, the wide receivers came out of the dead. He and did. Then yeah, Gallup had a great game. C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got great skilled players. I don't know if they've really risen much. I mean, they've won a few games. It's just that, like you said, the rest of the division is just horrible. I mean, you, the team sitting at the top just cut their, I guess, at least the, at least the last game, their, their starting quarterback. And quite frankly, I think if the coach had his druthers, he would have cut him the week before. I think he would have cut him when you got another, he got benched another, in the Another team points. goes off of their franchise quarterback and brings, you know, brings in a rookie, and they're out of it now. And then you got the Giants sitting there thinking it looked like they were playing the best their quarterback goes down. Yes, nobody really wants to win, but somebody has to. It's obviously for, for the division this week because, according to Bavada, Washington is minus two on the road. And then we've got the, the Cowboys versus the Giants as well. So this is all going to be decided here. But if Washington wins, they're in. If Washington loses then it opens up the door for the Cowboys if the Cowboys beat the Giants or the other way around. Look, I want to, to make it clear. If Alex Smith plays in this game, I'm pulling for Washington. Absolutely. All right? I just, it, it's going to be just a feel-good story. I mean, the, Dwayne Haskins gets cut. Alex Smith comes back from another being down, another injury, everything that he's been through you know, for the past couple of years. And here he is in position to put this 
this Washington football team in the playoffs, which has looked like a preposterous statement to make in the beginning of the season because nobody thought Washington would be in this case. I'm pulling for Washington in this uh, in this game and for them to win the division. So if they win against the Eagles, which is going to be a tall task against Jalen Hurts and in the Eagles, if not, then I'm taking the Cowboys. If Washington loses, I'm taking the Cowboys over the Giants. I just have more faith in, in Andy Dalton than Daniel Jones at this point. Well, speaking of preposterous statements, if we would have said at the beginning of the week or beginning of the month or whatever, on week 17, you're going to have guys like Wolford, Treveller, Heineke starting a quarterback in the NFL, and each of them have a chance to get their team into the playoffs. It's insanity. The Rams, who look like they were in for sure, now they're teetering. You know, Washington may have to go with Taylor Heineke. Yeah, and Heineke has been a career backup, you know, with the Panthers. They brought him in. Yeah, I mean, they brought him in only because they didn't have anybody else that knew the offense. Everybody's everybody's injured, and you hope Alex Smith can come back. You hope Kyler Murray can play for Arizona. You you would hope that that uh, Goff could play for the Rams, but he just had surgery on his thumb, so I don't think there's any way he's playing. This may be one of the most bizarre weeks in NFL history. All these games kind of going on at the same time. Nobody really knows, and the way that's the way the NFL has set it up, and they're just they're just amazing for figuring this out. All these teams that have to win, or or you know, you win and you're in, you lose. They need them to lose. They all play at the same time, and like you said, Dallas Giants game. It really doesn't matter who wins because it only matters if Washington loses on Sunday night football later on in the day. So it's it's going to be a wild day. You've got all those. Like I said, guys that have never played trying to lead their team to the playoffs. Let's talk about the last three teams. So the NFC East is going to get another team, but we've got three teams vying for that for those two spots. We've got the Los Angeles Rams, the Rams down right. Jared Goff. We've got the resurgent Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky, which we do know that the Bears declined his fifth-year option, right? This could be his last game as the Bears' starting quarterback. It probably won't be if he gets them into the playoffs, but it may very well be. And then we've got the Cardinals. And the Rams play against the Cardinals. Right. And the Bears the Bears play against the Packers. According to Bovada, the Packers are minus 5.5 away versus the Bears. So who are you going with? Are you going with Trubisky, or do you think Kyler Murray has, has some magic in him? I mean, well, Arizona is going to play against the Rams minus Jared Goff. You talk about flying blind or rolling the just kind of like rolling the dice. You know, the Rams have a have a better defense, so I guess you, you go with them. Now, unless Kyler Murray plays, so if, if Murray plays, maybe you got to give them a little bit better chance. But well, I was going to ask you. I mean, Wolford versus Treveller. You probably saw the last time they. You know, each guy has played. You you would know that better than me. I, I don't know. Are either of these guys. Who would you who would you favor? Who's who would be the better player? I'll go with the best defense. And at this point, like you <laughs> said, the Los Angeles Rams have the better defense. They still have Jalen Ramsey. They still have a pretty competitive secondary. They still have the best defensive player in the game in Aaron Donald. So I have to go with the Rams in this case, just because the Cardinals are struggling. They're kind of sleepwalking through this. 
It seems like one quarter they look great, and then the next two quarters, even with Kyler Murray in there, they're just sleepwalking. All of a sudden, like they don't want to get into the playoffs. So it's kind of an interesting case. So I'll take the Rams and the Bears. I just think the Cardinals will lose. I'm not sure the Bears beat the Packers, but I'll tell you this. I mean, even if the Packers beat Chicago, if the Cardinals lose, the Bears are still in. I'm going with Chicago. I've seen enough. I think the Bears, you know, can, can do some things. They've got a running game now. You know, Allen Robinson has 100-plus catches on the season. He's looking for the big payday. And Trubisky back from the dead. And they still have the defense. And you know what? If Trubisky doesn't make, you know, he makes good decisions in the playoffs, the Bears have a shot because they can play defense. They can stop people. I realize that they're going to be on the road, but that's a team that I wouldn't want to play in that first round. I'm not saying the Bears make a a huge leap to the NFC Championship game. That's absolutely preposterous, but that's a team that I wouldn't want to play in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, they really haven't played any good teams on this run that they've been on. I'm looking at my picks, and I've got a few, few bonus picks this week because we're trying to get over 500. And I maybe I may have to rethink that one. They've sco- like you said, they're scoring a ton of points. The defense is playing well, but God, the Packers just look dialed in. They really do, and I, I gotta believe there's scenarios where they would lose the number one seed if they lose that game, and say New Orleans wins and Seattle wins. If it's a three-way tie, it's one way. If it's two-way, you know, there's all sorts of different uh, ways this thing can go. God, the Packers just seem really dialed in. I can't see the Bears hanging with them, but uh, yeah. So I don't. Again, that then it would come down to that Rams Arizona game. Suffice it to say, Sunday is going to be very interesting day of football. All 32 teams playing in one day. That's uh, should be good. Yeah, it's going to be a wild weekend. It's going to be a wild Sunday. I want to get your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins. So obviously, right now he he looks like a an immature young man who doesn't understand what it takes to be a professional, a professional starting quarterback in this league. You'd like to think that after, you know, maybe one incident that he kind of like, okay, this two incidents, okay, this is really three incidents. You know, come on. I get it. He's a very young kid. Fairly inexperienced. He only really, you know, played the one full season at Ohio State. It was obvious to everybody watching that Jay Gruden really wanted him on the team. I don't think he was coached properly. If he was, he he didn't take to it. I mean, I didn't look and see if he cleared waivers. If anybody's going to take a shot, uh, I'd heard somebody say, "Well, you know, Denver had him fairly highly rated, big, strong-arm quarterback. That's kind of what uh, what Elway liked. Maybe they bring him in. He doesn't have a lot left. You know, it wasn't like they were paying him a ton of money, rookie deal. You know, whatever. You know, it was one thing after another after another. And then and those were just the things that were reported. Then you hear reports that he was late a lot. He really didn't hang around." the facility as much as you know somebody that's training for arguably the toughest position in pro sports 
both mentally and physically. Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to take a shot, but I think it's just going to be like on a free agent, prove it to me type deal because he's got a lot of talent. And it's just going to be, can they find within him any want to or just, I guess enough pride to say that, that I really want to do this and I really am willing to put forth what it takes to be successful or at least be competitive at being successful. Yeah, that that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, maybe you mentioned Urban Meyer. Maybe that's a reclamation project somewhere. Well, I don't think Urban Meyer is, uh, is going to get Dwayne Haskins in there. I mean, if Urban Meyer takes, assuming... He listens and maybe takes an NFL head coaching job. It looks like it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jaguars have locked into that number one spot, and it's a a foregone conclusion. You know who they're taking at number one. It's the quarterback from Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, most talented quarterback in the past 10 years since since Andrew Luck. Or maybe he takes the Lions job, but that's not as attractive. And the only reason I put the Lions, there are rumors that he is... There are two teams that have contacted him. Many people are connecting the dots and saying it's the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions. And the reason why it's the Lions is because Chris Spielman, who's been a longtime commentator, he's a former Buckeye. He's helping with the coaching search and the GM search for the Detroit Lions. So you know that he will probably give Urban a call. But this is, here's my problem. Urban Meyer is a great head coach, a great college head coach. He's won, what, more than 85% of his games. He has dominated the Big Ten. He has led numerous programs to the national championship, and he's won them with the Gators, with the Buckeyes. He's done wonders with Bowling Green and Utah before this. Nobody is doubting that he is a great coach, but can he take the losing that will go into these jobs? Urban isn't used to losing. All right, if he's going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars job, that's not a quick turnaround. If he takes the Detroit Lions job, that's not a quick turnaround. You have to be patient. And all the stories with him when he was with the Buckeyes, all of his health problems, you know, he wasn't able to sleep. You know, he had migraines. I mean, he was collapsing on the sideline when he was coaching the Ohio State Buckeyes. He's a workaholic. And obviously, you need to be a workaholic if you want to be an NFL head coach. You can't be hitting the the golf course like Steve Spurrier did back in his day when he was coaching the Redskins. I just think for health reasons, I don't see how Urban Meyer or his family or his wife can allow him to, to take a head coaching job in the NFL. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, with good reason. I mean, he stepped away from it. He'd still be coaching, I think, if not for the health problems. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, the guy would be a tremendous leader, great organizer. I mean, he's recruited, probably helped recruit or recruit a lot of these kids coming up in the draft. So I think he would probably help kill the draft, if you would, for the first few years. He'd bring in a top-notch staff. You know, I mean, guys are, are going to want to work f- with him, for him, you know, what, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. But again, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think he does take it. This isn't going to this isn't the first time I'm sure NFL teams have contacted him in the past. It would have to be like a perfect storm 
maybe he believes that you know Trevor Lawrence is the perfect storm and that maybe Jacksonville has some pieces there that he can work with and drafting properly and maybe a few free agents they would get things going but I think ultimately after a few years he would you know same thing would happen he'd burn out I don't believe he's going to take the job I think he'd be great at it but it wouldn't last very long and for his sake you would hope that he would just you know keep the job that he has great guy great motivational speaker what he encountered at the end at Ohio State with a lot of those allegations I think that probably soured him on everything as well he probably thought that he was helping a lot of people where you know some thought that maybe he wasn't someone maybe more so helping himself so yeah I I just don't see it happening he'd be great at it I mean, no no question about it but I don't I don't think it's going to happen there were rumors that Texas Longhorns were interested in his services and there is a story out there that he turned them down and that's the reason why they they stayed with their current head coach so if he turned down texas why is he going to go and take the jacksonville jaguars job or the detroit lions job i would much rather want to take a winning franchise at this point a team that's close and i can get them over the hump and get them into the playoffs i wouldn't want to take a project that I need to invest three or four years in like Jacksonville or Detroit this isn't a quick fix thing well who would that who would that be then Alex I mean is is there a team out there that's looking for a coach that you believe is close Atlanta I think I get I get Nagy out of there I get Ryan Pace out of there I hire him to take the Chicago Bears job I get Trubisky out as well I get a quarterback in there not Dwayne Haskins, by the way. I get a quarterback in there, maybe I trade for somebody, and then I know I have a good defense and I have a running game. I re-sign Allen Robinson, and then I've got something cooking. If the Bears are going to make the playoffs this year, then I might as well, you know, aim for the sky, you know, go for the NFC Championship game because I still have the pieces on defense. And again, the NFL game has changed, but defense still wins championships. And if you have a solid quarterback, it doesn't have to be a great quarterback. If you have a running game, if you have some weapons on the outside, why not? I think that would be the job that I would be interested in taking because the Bears are, they have proven that they're making a push this year, trying to make that run. And if they make the playoffs, I mean, that would be the job that I want. But I'm sure if the Bears make the playoffs, Nagy keeps his job. Ryan Pace keeps his job. Hey, who knows? I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. Maybe Trubisky comes back. (laughs) I think that would be the job that I would... Yeah, I think I think you're right. As you know, looking at it now, they're probably the only team that's sort of on the cusp of the playoffs, but also very close to maybe just blowing up the the front office, and that would include coaching staff and uh, and quarterback for that matter. So yeah, that that might be a good one. I don't know if that's if he's going to go in that direction, but uh, yeah, I think that would be the that would be the best choice if it opened up. 
Let's try to get over 500. Logan. Oh my I, goodness! I, I hope this is you embarrassing. Pick all the games this, this week. This is getting. I hope this, you pick all the games. This is getting embarrassing. Uh, yeah, Arizona. Wow, that was just uh, hard to watch. Indianapolis. I don't know what that meltdown was in the second half. I mean, you'd think they, you know, they would have just you know ran the ball, kept kept uh, Ben off the cup. But again, what did Ben have? I mean, all of a sudden he's he's throwing the ball downfield on a on a rope. He's throwing people open he's throwing it deep you know the receivers are catching the ball all of a sudden i you know i don't know is pittsburgh fixed that was like the big question is pittsburgh fixed now conspiracy theories out there that maybe well, whatever we won't get into that tennessee i want to play if if i was a playoff team i would want to play the steelers in round one because they don't have a running game and yeah, they I know still didn't that- run for 50 yards and, you know, it, it's still at this point, I mean, Big Ben has a strong second half, but I can still duplicate. He can still have a bad game, and those wide receivers are dropping passes. And that offensive line hasn't been that great all year long. And, yeah, you still have a defense that can carry the day, but uh, I don't trust that offense. I don't trust the Steelers. I, I hope you have them in the pick segment. Uh, I do not. Moving on, uh, yeah, we'll go. We'll write right down the list here. Buffalo saved us. We went one and one and three last week. Fifteen, eighteen, and one for the truncated season. We started a little late with our show, but uh, here we go. And there's no huge reasoning in any of these. I just figured, hey, I'm doing just as bad. Let's just throw some darts. How about Washington? Minus two. We'll roll the dice and bank on Alex Smith playing, and their defense plays strong enough, keeps Jalen Hurts' score down, and Washington comes through. I was really close to picking the, the Bears, and as we were talking, you know, we were going through this, and like they haven't beaten anybody. Trubisky's still Trubisky. Yeah, he's played well. I'm going to go with the Packers. They're going to try to lock up that number one seed. And all playoff road, the Super Bowl road, will go through Green Bay on the NFC side. Minus five and a half. Tennessee, I'm I'm riding with Tennessee. They're laying seven and a half at Houston. Again, probably suicide, but we're going to go with Tennessee. Uh, Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay locks up the number five position, they win this game. They get to play the winner of the NFC East. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay in this game, giving six and a half to Atlanta. Most teams that come off of a, a close loss at Kansas City or with Kansas City normally don't come back very well. Baltimore has got it rolling. I mean, they're like a they're like a runaway train right now. They probably are going to get in. Uh, more than likely are going to get in. They should handle Cincinnati. It's 11 and a half. That's a lot of points on the road, but I think Baltimore is there to lay the wood on them. Uh, Buffalo, we talked about that game. Why is that number so low? I'm almost inclined to take Miami, but Buffalo seems to be so dialed in. This would lock up the number two seed, minus four and a half Buffalo. And then the last one, which I tell you all the time, I typically don't pick games with the Chiefs involved unless it's the playoffs or a Super Bowl and that only happened for the first time in my life <laughs> last year so but they're they're underdogs and they're like how can they be underdogs at home well Reed hinted at at uh, uh, resting some players maybe Mahomes doesn't play at all maybe plays the first quarter maybe plays the first half I don't care I'll take Henny with three and a half 
to go over the Chargers. Chargers going on the road as a favorite? Come on, I don't care who they're playing against. It just ain't happening. So there you have it. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks. Can't be any worse than the others. So uh, yeah, let's roll. Let's ride. Can we go 7-0? and Absolutely. But when was the last time Chad Henney started a game? I don't know. Was this like back in the day <laughs> when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Michigan? I, I don't know. I know he's been there a few years. He's taken some snaps here and there, some preseason games. Uh, but, yeah, he'll uh, lace him up. He's got to be ready to go. He's fresh. I'm going to give you props, Lou, before we get out of here. In conclusion, I would like to say that when you and I talked about the top five wide receivers in the NFL, I was surprised initially why you had Devonte Adams as your number one guy. I really was. And I, I asked you, I listened to that show, and I asked you, it's not Michael Thomas? It's not DeAndre Hopkins? Why is that, Lou? You stuck to your guns and you said, they've got a connection with Aaron Rodgers, especially this year. He's scoring touchdowns at, at a rare pace. And Devonte Adams is having a career year this year. And with Michael Thomas being on injured reserve, he's been out for almost the entire season. Hopkins has been battling injuries and battling with the reporters about practice, you know, like AI used to battle with the reporters. Adams has truly played like the best wide receiver in football this season. So I'm going to give you props on that. That was that was a great call. Well, the picks aren't going so well, so I will take it very graciously. And I, I appreciate that. And uh, he's available. He's there every game. He, he really puts it seems very consistent, too. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll ride Devante as far as that goes. And uh, it may go on for a while if, if Rodgers keeps playing the way he is. Yeah, and right now many people have Aaron Rodgers as the MVP favorite. They believe that he has made his his claim against the Tennessee Titans, and he had a great game. But I'll still go with Patrick Mahomes. I think he's the best player, and I think he deserves it um, over Aaron Rodgers. Even though both guys are deserving, I'll still go with Mahomes over Rodgers. All right, very good. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Buckle up. It is going to be a wild ride on Sunday. Enjoy it. Oh, also, Happy New Year. We're, as we record, it's before the New Year. So Happy New Year to everybody out there. Happy New Year to you, Alex. And uh, we will be back after the New Year to talk about playoffs in the NFL. As always, on the way out, peace!